Welcome to the Medical Affairs Professional Society's MedTech Focus Area Working Group's two-part podcast series on medical device cybersecurity. This is our second podcast of the two-part series in which we will continue our discussion on cybersecurity and its importance for medical device manufacturers. I'm Dr. Ajit Patwardhan. I'll be the moderator for this podcast. I currently serve as a member of the MedTech Focus Area Working Group and I'm a medical safety officer at Olympus Corporation of Americas. Before we start today's discussion, um, I just wanted to share a quick legal disclaimer. So the views expressed in this recording are those of the individuals and do not necessarily reflect on the opinions of MAPS or the companies with which they are affiliated. This presentation is for informational purposes only and is not intended as legal or regulatory advice. We encourage you to engage in conversations about MedTech with other MAPS members via MAPS Connect on the MAPS website or on your mobile app. Simply log in with your email address and password associated with your MAPS account and access the global community. Then click on the Discuss tab and scroll down to MedTech Focus Area Working Group to post any questions or review previous postings. Let us start the podcast and today's discussion. Before I do that, I wanted to touch base on what we discussed during our first series of the podcast. So in the first part of the, this two-part series, John Giancidis, who is the president of CyberActa, helped us understand three things. First, what is medical device cybersecurity? Why should we care? Second, why does FDA and others care about medical device cybersecurity? And third, what are the regulatory expectations related to this topic? In this second podcast, we would like to continue our discussion on this critically important topic and discuss practical tips on how to incorporate cybersecurity into your own practices and devices. Particularly understand what is the legal basis for the cybersecurity expectations? What are some of the right questions to ask to ensure user health and safety is not compromised. Also uh, related to the suitability of the device. We would also like to understand what should be considered if our device, if my device has a measuring function or if it is connected to the energy source. And finally, I would ask John to share what needs to be included in this new era of risk with some good examples and common pitfalls related to medical device risk management. To start the discussion, I would like to again welcome John Giancidis, president of CyberActa today, and thank him for sharing his subject matter expertise with the MAPS membership. John, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Gene. Thanks for having me. So, John, uh, you know, the first question which comes to my mind is, building on to our earlier podcast and earlier conversation, can you give us a quick understanding around the legal basis for cybersecurity expectations? Sure. Uh, in, in the U.S., uh, from the FDA, there are several uh, guidance documents that have been published over the years, uh, both for from a design standpoint, uh, commercialization and post-market surveillance, uh, in Europe is is a little bit more explicit. So uh, with the new with the transition from MDD to uh, uh, EUMDR and IVDR, uh, there are specific requirements that they're covered in principle uh, within Annex One. 
Um, there's an expectation of integrated security that really spells out that risk control measures are mandatory in terms of safe design and production. Uh, there is uh, a mandatory, again, risk management for the identification and analysis of known and foreseeable hazards. Um, and obviously the, the risk minimization that is taking place uh, according to them. One element that we have seen uh, with, within the EUMDR and IVDR is that there are the appropriate precautions that are to be taken uh, to eliminate or reduce any risks um, that would arise from a defect. And then uh, if you were to consider a cybersecurity threat as a defect, that, that will drive those actions. And last but not least, for any device that is uh, contains software or it is a software, either an SIMD or an SAMD, um, that software is to be developed, manufactured according to the state of the art. And that includes the principal software lifecycle, risk management, uh, information security, and uh, verification and validation. So that's important to, to understand that uh, in this era, in this environment, it's important to consider uh, cybersecurity from the beginning, from the design, and it's an end-to-end -end process. Great. Now, I think this is important, right? So um, thank you again for helping us understand some legal perspective around this topic and, and general requirements, as you mentioned, related to FDA guidance and EUMDR. You know, John, as you know, I work for one of the top medical device manufacturers and have the responsibility for patient safety. So maybe, can you tell me what are some of the right questions to ask to ensure user health and safety is not compromised? Absolutely. No, it's, and that is something from, from MAP standpoint and individuals uh, like yourself within, uh, within Olympus or, or other organizations is that is we need to understand and, and, and really not necessarily going into the technical aspect of cybersecurity, but... Uh, there's some high-level questions, probing questions that we should be asking our teams, uh, our designers, uh, to really uh, create the evidence base to 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 evaluate whether or not uh, a vulnerability may impact the user health and safety. So, and I'll give you a couple of examples. So, the number one question is really: Does the intended use of the device would expose it? to any risk associated with cybersecurity. For instance, does it run code? Will the device connect to any networks? Will it transmit data? And if, if that's so, then the next question is, how will any of those risks will be managed? So it's important to understand internally how we'll be managing those risks. And then secondarily, is there any risk that those vulnerabilities may lead, again, key point, may lead to compromising the health and safety of the user. And that can be either a patient or an operator. And this comes back to you as a practitioner of safety. Is that risk acceptable? Is there a risk that the device could compromise the, the health and safety of others? Uh, could the device compromise a, a biomedical network with other connected medical devices? Or is it reasonable to expect that the intended users of, of a particular device have to have the technical knowledge, the experience or education to use it in a way that manages or reduces that cybersecurity risk. So if you, if you were to think about it, cybersecurity is one of those interconnected 
risks that apply within a, within a device and individuals like yourself or functions that pertain to the safety of, of a medical device, it's important to understand how that would be uh, impacted by a cybersecurity threat. No, thank you. I absolutely agree with you. I think all of these questions which you just shared with us, these are very key questions to ensure patient and user safety. And personally, I can tell you, I'll make sure to ask them when I'm doing risk management for our devices. Um, you know, moving forward, moving ahead, uh, perhaps you can share your thoughts related to cybersecurity. In the context of cybersecurity, what do you mean by suitability of the device? Sure, and, and I think that goes back to, to that continuum of evaluation and that interface of safety and performance is that is, is that identified or cybersecurity vulnerability, could that impact the intended performance of the device? Does the device intended purpose would stay validated current when the network or network components are updated? Now, if we go into a little more detail, is, is the cybersecurity of the device able to be regularly maintained? Will, will the device require patches or updates to the software to be acceptable and in a safe performance? And then secondarily, how will those updates be delivered, verified, and what else needs to take place? And then more importantly, from, from a holistic product risk management approach, do, what is the, the potential of intrusion based on the projected level of cybersecurity threat during the expected life of the device and identify the mitigations or strategy during that design? So if you think about it, if a design is or the expected life, uh, life cycle of a device is 70 years, how would it be maintaining that the, the cybersecurity framework for that device? And, and what is the impact of that device to, to its safe uh, operation. And that is important to be included in the overarching process within product risk life management. Okay, thanks, John. I, I, I think, uh, you know, my next question is building on to what you just shared. Can you tell us, um, you know, what do I need to consider if my device has a measuring function? Great, great question, Ajit. And that, that is one of the, the really the hot topics, when, uh, both from an FDA and uh, an EMA review is, is and I will explain it in, in a way that is the manufacturers are to be able to demonstrate and de with objective evidence that whether or not a cyber exploit, a cyber threat could affect the measurement accuracy, the precision and stability of the medical device. And if that does, is the integrity of the data, is it vulnerable to cyber attacks? And if you were to think about it from, from a safety standpoint, what were to happen if the measurements become inaccurate because of a cyber attack? Could this result in a harm to your patient? And then secondarily, do we have the appropriate cybersecurity controls in place to make sure that doesn't happen. John, I think I agree with you uh, related to what you shared in terms of the, the device having measuring function. What do we need to consider if our device is, let's say, connected to an energy source? Absolutely, Ajit. That's, that's a great question. And that, is, and that is really important when it comes to understanding the function 
and the intended use of the device. And, and really is, from a safety standpoint, is have we considered whether or not a device is protective from cybersecurity threats that could cause the device to either withhold uh, too much energy or deliver too much energy or substance. So if you if you were thinking about it, an infusion pump that may or may not be uh, impacted uh, by a threat, could that infusion pump deliver either energy or the substance associated with that infusion pump? And then secondarily is, have we built the, the, the conditions uh, to, to evaluate the, the, the capability to log security issues? And then when it comes to energy, it's important to understand that to consider, especially for implantable medical devices, as to what is that energy uh, emission that is being uh, controlled by the device itself, because that could have, as you know, it could have a, a patient impact as well. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think, you know, as I was listening to what you shared with us today, I think this is this is um, perhaps an excellent information for several of us right, who are working on devices with the measuring function and devices connected to energy source. So again, thank you for your insights. So John, I think, you know, in the first series and, and uh, the discussion today in the second podcast, I, you know, I, a question which comes to my mind as we are trying to wrap this up is what would be, you know, your final advice or what do you think you would like to advise the medical device manufacturers? What do they need to consider in this new era of risk? Absolutely, Ajay. No, that, that's, a, that's a fairly common question that we get. And, and it really is, it's important uh, for, for medical device manufacturers, whether are in the, the traditional aspect or in digital health, uh, software as a medical device, is that is to establish uh, really the framework to proactively monitor, identify, and address uh, vulnerabilities and exploits as part of their post-market surveillance and management process. Because cybersecurity is continuously evolving. It is not a static environment. Uh, it's, it's fairly much a dynamic. And most regulatory agencies are requiring of the manufacturers to demonstrate a plan for ongoing monitoring and really how to respond to emerging cybersecurity threats uh, to their device and how they're going to manage them in the field. So really, the 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 considerations that they need to uh, address is that the post market surveillance program needs to have a a function, a facet of it that be able to track, assess, and respond to newly discovered vulnerabilities. There is a technical aspect, which is the patching uh, for the software to maintain the safety and effectiveness of that device. And then really what is the nice to have or is strongly recommended is the the vulnerability disclosures to have a formalized process uh, for obtaining cybersecurity information, really assessing the vulnerabilities, developing the mitigation and remediation strategies and disclosing those uh, with others. And this is something that, you know, we strongly encourage to, to, uh, for organizations to participate in information sharing, because if there's a, a, an ability to prevent somebody's injury or somebody's death is something that is, we, we strongly recommend uh, and encourage along with the FDA and others. Right. I think we should be as, medical device manufacturers 
really need to be fully aware of this new QMS processes and try to incorporate them during our medical device risk management planning. So, so thank you again. You know, a final question for you, John. Uh, can you share some examples of common pitfalls of medical device risk management? Absolutely. So, and this is kind of and not not in, in terms of of severity. It's really what we're seeing is is in general. It's really just kind of the current not having a well maintained hardware software asset inventory. That that's one of the the most common elements. Not having really the ability or the resources to uh, to remediate or mitigate uh, known vulnerabilities. We, we have seen examples where manufacturers um, are using software that uh, they may have 300, 400, over 1,000 uh, CVEs, common, common vulnerabilities. And that is, that is a, something that needs to be addressed. And unless you know, the FDA or another agency tells them to do so, uh, really, the failure to continuously monitor the medical devices environment to identify any vulnerable components and to make sure we don't reintroduce them. Really, using outdated hardware, software, and and not having devices that can tolerate patching. And we've seen that in the field where uh, some of the legacy devices are not patchable. It's just simply not technologically. It's not. It's we're not able to patch. Um, that that the the failure and the last one G is really the failure to prioritize the vulnerabilities according to their exposure and risk risk levels that they create for the device and this goes back to understanding what is the impact of those vulnerabilities not only technologically but what is the impact to the patient uh, safety. Thank you, John. Uh, you know, in my experience, as we are all getting familiar with the cybersecurity around medical devices, I have certainly come across situations where, you know, we were we we were exposed to some of the pitfalls you discussed. So it's important that you know, as med- medical device manufacturers, we take appropriate uh, steps to ensure that you know, all the uh, appropriate risk management measures are incorporated in the, um, in the uh, device development from probably, you know, from the concept stage all the way to when the device is retired. Well, thank you again, you know, for sharing your expertise on this very important topic. You know, John, as, as I was trying to put my thoughts together, I wanted to say that what I have learned during this conversation is that the expected approach of medical device cybersecurity is that similar to other risks, if cybersecurity risk is not effectively minimized or managed, this can result in compromised device functionality, loss of data availability or integrity, and this data can be medical or personal data, can lead to exposure of other connected devices or networks to security threats, and this in turn may have the potential to result in patient illness, injury, or death. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. It's, it's really, it's one of the, the key points that we're trying to, to convey both from a, to, to our medical device uh, manufacturers and, and, and hospitals that they're the users or recipients of those devices. The, the last part is to, to have folks remember is that from a, from a traditional uh, post-market surveillance that uh, if we're to apply 
uh, security patches or patches in general to prevent death or serious injury of a, of a person, those are reportable events. And whether they're going to be under the FDA's recalls or within the, the European uh, as an FSN, those are something that needs to be considered as we move forward and we adjust the, the practices right now within the, the traditional QMS of a medical device manufacturer. Yeah. You know, um, I'm confident that the listeners will incorporate these practical tips and information you shared to manage the cybersecurity risks for their medical devices. Thanks again, John. Um, Before I end today's podcast, I would request our listeners to consider joining the MAPS organization to access additional resources in this area. Please visit the MAPS website at www.medicalaffairs.org to explore joining today. I would also like to invite professionals to attend the upcoming annual MAPS conference scheduled for March 21st to 23rd in New Orleans. If you're a MAPS member, I thank you for your support of MAPS. This concludes the podcast.